Thank you for tuning into the Apostolic Pentecostal Church podcast. You are currently listening to one of our iGrow series lessons. If you're in the Bloomington, Illinois area and want to sit in person, feel free to join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for worship in the Word. Can't make it in person? No big deal. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram and search Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Either way, we'd love to fellowship and worship with you. We hope to see you. Hopefully you heard the, uh, I mean, we don't have the signs up, and hopefully you, you, you were informed, right? We switched, we, this is something that was, we added in after, Pastor asked, uh, asked us to teach. Um, we, I, 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 did, God, I was going to start out by saying, you know, God didn't remove, when Israel was in the wilderness, God didn't remove the wilderness, he guided them through it. And, and and it took them longer than they than they probably needed to be there because one they didn't do it God's way, okay and and but there was a promise on the other end of it, and I think that um, that's there are just times that, that happen in life like that. There are times we find where uh, this isn't where I expected to be, right? They came through the Red Sea like okay, and now we're 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 there, right? No, no, we're, we didn't wouldn't expect to be here. And, and and it got rough at times, right? And and they and they got kind of stuck and looking backwards and fine. And sometimes when we 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 have stuff that happens that comes up in life that we didn't ever plan, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's lived a, a scripted life that I've ever met, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is going to have stuff happen. So we're gonna uh, this this could be a series for weeks that we could talk about. Okay, this is uh, I, I'm going to say right up front. I'm not up here, Lisa's not up here, because we have all the answers. But we've got, hopefully, some things that can help. Um, and and uh, that's what we want to try to go through. I'm going to try to touch on some things, but obviously, we won't have time probably to get to everything I would love to get to. But um, I want to start with a, a verse of scripture that pastor stole my thunder a little bit. Uh, Matthew 5 and 4, says, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted, right? And and I, I start with that one because there's a promise here that if we we will go through the morning, we will. He promises we'll be comforted. Um, and so, uh, more another word for mourning is grieving, right? We have to go through a grief process. And I want maybe the take-home message. Uh, one of them is that that grief is a a special gift from God. It doesn't feel like a gift. But it is his gift to us. Um, all our emotions are gifts from God. We tend to spend a lot of time, like the world system out here is telling you, find a way not to feel. That's, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm speaking as a psychologist as much as I am a believer, that is not God's plan for us to, be able, to not be able to feel. He gave you everything you're able to feel. It has purpose. And your pain has a purpose. And, and so we need to get our heads around that, that, most of the emotions we have are not pleasant. We're not supposed to enjoy them. You're not supposed to enjoy feeling shame and guilt and fear, right? Why would you want to, right? They're supposed to help guide us. They're part of our navigation system. Um, but grief is sort of a, how do you define, I don't know how you define it necessarily. Uh, it's a process. It's a group of things. There's, a, there's, there's steps and stages. And I'm going to say right up front, and I'm already jumping ahead, there isn't a right way. If you came here to find the right way to do this, 
I'm going to tell you right now, that doesn't exist. There's a right way for you. And, and, and that we're going to get more into that. But I want us to, what I want to start off with just as a foundation is that God gave us this process as a way to heal. And, and, and God's pathway is not around the pain, kind of like the wilderness. They could have gone around the wilderness. They would have found more trouble than they wanted. Okay? It, it is through. It's, it's through the pain that we find the healing. Um, so when we're dealing with loss, you know, trying to find a way to cope with the, the emotional fallout when things, anybody has things suddenly changed in the last couple of years, <laughs> right? You're here because that, right? You didn't see it coming. And, and all of a sudden things seem to come crashing down around you. I like to read this quote uh, when we talk about grief from one of, this is actually one of my favorite books. It's called The End of Me by Kyle Eidelman. And I'm just going to read a little quote from it. And he, it's called Dream Intruders. It's a section called, he called Dream Intruders. He it says, they say life is but a dream, but if so, there are too many abrupt wake-ups in it. I bet you've had more than a few. I mean those times when life was on cruise control, but then something happened and you were suddenly in for a rough ride. The end of me often comes when my dreams come to an end. Maybe for you it was pretty early on when your mom or dad sat you down and introduced you to the word divorce. Maybe it was a message from the person you thought was the one telling you that it wasn't going to work out. Perhaps it was a phone call telling you that there had been an accident and you needed to come to the hospital. Maybe it was a text you were never supposed to read that uncovered the affair. Maybe your boss told you the position you'd held for a number of years was being eliminated. You were living the dream and then life was shaking you awake. So intrusive. To come awake is to lose something. Money health, work, innocence, a special person. If you're going to live, you're going to lose. And you will come to the end of yourself. You might as well wake up to the fact. Now that's, that's, that's joyful, right? <laughs> Life is full of loss. I love that, that though, because um, this is reality. It's not all... Uh, uh, rainbows. Uh, even if you're the person with great faith and the strongest believer, it's not going to be a smooth road. Okay, God won't give you more than you can handle. That doesn't exist in the Bible. That's not true. Matter of fact, most of the people I read in the Bible will give them stuff they more, way more than they can handle. Why? Well, Paul. Um, this isn't in my notes, but Paul said so. We would so we would depend on. Not on ourselves, but on the God who raises the dead, right? They were in an affliction that was so bad they thought they were going to die. It's the Second Corinthians. He talks about we were in an affliction so bad we thought it was going to kill us. And matter of fact, we were hoping it was going to kill us. I'm paraphrasing. This is Neil's translation, okay? Um, and he said, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on him. Um, Ecclesiastes 3 and 4 says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And while there is a time to mourn, there is also a time for our grieving to end. Okay? So, so we, we tend to not want to go through this, right? We don't want to feel the pain, but in Ecclesiastes it says there's a time for it. There are times we're going to mourn. So we have to kind of, again, like Eidelman said, you might as well wake up to that fact. Like, like this is just going to happen. There's going to be times in life that, that are painful. But the Bible tells us there's a time to end. First Samuel 16 and 1, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? 
Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Right? Samuel mourned over the wrong turns that his spiritual son had taken as king. Right? We forget that Saul was had become like a son to Samuel. Like they were, he was he was training him, he was leading him. This was the hope, right? And now he's gone the wrong direction, and 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 Samuel is mourning for him. But God said, now, Samuel, it's time to move on. How long? Now, don't get me wrong here. I don't want us to get, don't, don't think I'm saying you just got to stand up and move on. Nobody has a right to say that to you. God does, but, you, but a person doesn't. Um, but there is, we can't get stuck there. There's a time to mourn, but we don't want to get <laughs> stuck in there. Um, so this chapter of Samuel's story was over, but there was more to the book God was writing about Samuel's life, and there's more to your book. So I don't know what everybody's going through. I know what some of you are going through. And there was a lady in a group I was teaching on grief one time who said, I, I feel like if I try to move on, her husband had died, and she said, if I try to go on in my life, it's like it never happened. Like I'm just going to forget about him. And we're going to get more into this too. But that's what, I think God gave me this, this metaphor. I said, well, that's a, you've had a lot of, they've been married like 50 years, okay? This is hard. Of course it was hard. And I said, but you've had all these chapters in your book, but you've gotten stuck in whatever chapter you're in, and there's more chapters to your book. God still has a plan for your life. And at some point, you're going to have to move out of this chapter and into the next chapter and then into the next chapter, but you know what? Anytime you like, you can go back and reread this old chapter. You just can't live there. Psalm, uh, Psalms uh, 147 and 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. There's another promise from God. If you're here with your heart broken, He's going to heal you. He's going to bind up your wounds. Psalm 30 and 11 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. God wants us to heal through him. Um, when, when somebody we love dies, um, I forget where, where I'm going to... Okay. Okay. Um, when somebody we love dies... We don't just lose them. This is something I think we miss a lot. Like, you had, we, we lose what they were to us, right? It's not just this person is gone, but they were somebody in your life. They, had, they were somebody that you had memories with, and you probably had plans with. You had dreams of what was going to be. And, and, and there's, there's secondary losses that come along with whatever we lose and, and the person we lose. So we lose the roles and the, the expectations. We lose the relationship. We lose the dreams. So we don't just lose what was, but we lose what could have been, what we thought was going to be. Our dreams die, but God still has dreams for your life. We've we, we got to hang on. God still has dreams for your life. They just weren't the dreams you expected. But they're good dreams. Because God's good. He's got a good plan for you. Now that valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> you know when you're in it, right? 
because it feels like it's bottomless and endless sometimes. Like it's just, I don't know. I, we've probably all been. I don't. Maybe I'm. I know I've been there, where I'm like, does this end? What? I, I don't know where. The, where am I even going? It's just dark, and all you can do is just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And 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 it will. See, and and that's the thing is the enemy's going to try to trick you in that time, right? The, because it's not endless and it's not bottomless. Right? Read the rest of that psalm. Makes me to lie down by green pastures. There's more than one pasture. You aren't in the same pasture, but there's more than one pasture. Grief comes in different ways. And, and you know, maybe the hard, some of the hardest is when it meets you by surprise. Like there's something that you see coming. Like my stepfather, when he passed away, he'd been sick for, for a couple of years. And he was really sick at the end. And it was like, there was like relief. Like we were actually kind of like, <sighs> I was happy for him because he was miserable and he was ready. That was hard, but it wasn't nearly as hard as other losses. Like I had a friend that committed suicide. I, would, I didn't see that one coming. Okay, that was a lot. That, that was harder. That was somebody who wasn't even as close to me. And there's no way to prepare yourself. Right? You can't prepare yourself for this. You don't know how you're going to feel. It, it, even when you see it coming, there's really no way you can prepare for it. It's like um, the side effect of a medication. You ever get a medication, you're like, the side effects are, you know, depression. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to feel a little down when I take this. And you take it, and you're like, I can't get out of it. Right? Or, you know, whatever it tells you, you, like, you have no idea what it's really going to feel until you actually take it and experience it. Then you know what it feels like. Somebody can tell you what it's going to feel like, but you don't truly really know until you're in it. And you can't schedule grief. It, it'll visit you whenever it wants to and hit you as hard as it wants to. Right? One of the worst things you can do is try to control this. You, you, gotta, you can manage it, but you can't control it. Uh, grief comes in waves. I, I, I used to live in San Diego, and I used to love going to the beach when I lived there. You ever been to the ocean, been to the beach, right? And you, I, I used to like body surfing. I would get, you know, I got the body, you got to have the arc in the front to do that. You know? So I'm like tailor-made. I found what I was created for. But if, but if you've ever stood in the ocean, you know that sometimes you're standing there and you feel this easy ebb and flow of the waves, right? And oh, this is so calm and comfortable. And then you look and there's like a swell coming at you. And you're like, that might not be good, right? And, and, and um. It builds, and this massive wave can come at you. And you can try if you want to, but there's really no way to stop it. And actually trying to stop it is probably going to get you hurt. And even if you could stop it for a while, that pressure is just going to keep on building. And it's going to overtake you. You know, sometimes those waves, you ever been caught? I don't know if any of you ever did any surfing or anything, but you get caught in a wash, right? And, 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 and <laughs> you're just flipping around and spinning around, and you're like, I don't know which way is up. And you just kind of just hang on. To nothing you're hanging on to water or whatever and you try to as soon as you can get your feet and get back up again and and i think grief hits you like that it's, it's an emotional wave and you won't see it coming sometimes i had a boss whose father died and and he had taken a few weeks off and he came back and then one day he walked into my office he said jumpsome that's how he talked to me uh grief's a funny thing i'm sitting in my office wasn't thinking about my dad or anything all of a sudden <laughs> I'm a, I'm a puddle over here. 
And he's like, and there was nothing I could do about it. This is another psychologist with tons of experience. Yep, he couldn't control the emotion. We can't, and when you try to, um, and we'll get into this too, but you, you can get yourself in, into bad places. Um, it's scary when that happens because you have no, absolutely no control. Like when you're in that wash, you don't have any control. That's really scary, but it doesn't last forever. And when it stops, again, you just get upright and get up. That's all you can do. And then you got to wait for another wave to come. And it might be a little one next time. Maybe it's another big one. I want to say this too. It's not betrayal to the person that you lost to go on with your life. Somebody needs to hear that. Because it feels like that. Like the lady I was talking about, she said, oh, I'm just, you know, betraying my husband if I go on my... No, you're not. I've never met anybody... I've never met anybody that said, you know, when I pass, I hope you get stuck and you just stick around looking at, thinking about me for the rest of your life and you don't move on. Nobody wants that, right? You don't want any of that for your loved ones and your loved one didn't want that for you. I guarantee it. And I don't even know them, but I'm sure of it. Because nobody thinks that way. Healing doesn't mean that you forgot them or that they didn't matter. It's okay to be happy again. It's okay to get your joy back. In fact, that's probably the best way you can honor the person you lost is to, is to get your joy back. Get to keep living your life. I'm not saying you can't feel. You gotta feel. All right? This pain stuff, and I know some of you are feeling it right now. It's hard. But it, this pain is the way you're gonna get your joy back, okay? Uh, it, 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 you're gonna get your joy back. Um, normal might not ever be the same, but you can heal. You might feel broken, but you can be strengthened by what you're going through. Zig Ziglar has a famous quote. He said, grief is the price you pay for loving someone because if there were no love, there'd be no grief. And I want you to know that God designed us to heal. Right? When you get a physical injury, your, design, your body is designed to heal. Well, so is your heart. When you get wounded emotionally and spiritually, God designed us to heal there too. Grief is God's gift to us. It's God's healing process to bring us through the painful times of loss. God designed us to have emotions, like I said, they're not pathological, and he designed us to share them with others. I realized uh, a little while back, a few, a few months ago, one of the most complex systems in our whole body is these this, this muscles of our face. There's all these little tiny muscles that work in coordination with each other. It's an amazing system. You know what its purpose is? It has one purpose, so that I can show you how I'm feeling. That's all it does. God didn't waste the time to do all that so that we couldn't share with each other. We're not designed to do this by ourselves. And the reason we share our emotions is God designed us to need each other. We're meant to lean on each other when things get hard. And things can get too much for a person to handle on their own. And an important rule here uh, is that you should absolutely not try to do it alone. And there will be a pull to isolate. Probably everybody in here has felt it when you're really hurt. I'm, I'm not saying you can't uh, retreat. Jesus retreated, okay? Sometimes you just need, look, when I get overwhelmed, Lisa will tell you, that there's times I'm like, okay, I, I just need to go be by myself for a few minutes, okay? I might need to go fishing for a day, half a day or whatever. I just might need a little time just to kind of do, redo my thing. Not everybody does it that way, but that's me. And that's okay. But, I, but if that's all I'm doing, 
I'm going to get stuck. I'm going to get in some bad places. Um, because that's when we isolate and hide from, hide from others what's really going on with us, uh, there's often an urge to pull away from God because that, that's what we do. We hide from each other. Okay, this goes all the way back to the garden. They hid from each other, and then what did they do? Let's hide from God. That's the progression. And when you start hiding from each other, we will eventually start hiding from God. And that's when the devil loves to show up, likes to show up when you're hurting. And he wants to convince you that God doesn't care about you. He doesn't care that you're hurting. Just go find your own way to feel better. I'm going to let Lisa take over here. Um, you know, we all suffer death at some point in our lives. And uh, we may be able, through a miracle or modern medical technology, to put death off. But at some point, we are all going to suffer the loss of somebody close to us. And it may be that we lose um, a senior parent or a relative, and, and we can say they lived a good life. And the normal order of life continues, and we're able to understand that a little easier, and we're able to process that. And our world, after a time of sorrow, will ripen. And, and it's a little easier to go on. Um, but there are times when we will lose someone young, say a child or a young adult, someone that's our own age, and I know that we've experienced that through COVID, say, oh my word, they're, they're, they're my age. And how did that happen? And grief will come in like a flood. I lost my first child, Robbie, when he was two and a half. And we had gone through months and months of grueling ups and downs in the hospital. And many, many times we came so close to death only then to escape it. And so there were just so many ups and downs and ups and downs. But in the end, the Lord took Robbie to be with him. But we were very blessed during that situation because within the last day before we lost him we had the opportunity to see that he was declining things were not coming back around and so we were able to say lord your will and we were able to begin that realization process that you know we may not be able to keep him and being able to, to go through those prayers to say, God, your will, if you take him, that's fine. If you leave him, that's fine. We'll do whatever is needed to take care of this child. That really helped a lot. But then, very unexpectedly, four years ago, we lost my dad. And I can tell you that situation was very different. He was the rock of our family. He was the source of advice and direction, our spiritual shepherd. He was our papa. And he was here, and then he was gone so quickly. But I can tell you that 30 years 
after losing Robbie, my only child at that point, my little fair-headed, blue-eyed little angel. I still remember him so vividly. But the crushing pain of grief has mellowed. And I am able to say, oh, I miss him. And I can't wait to see him again. And the memories are so precious. But the, the place that I'm at with the loss of my father is that I can still feel that hole. And there are still emotions that are raw. And I say, oh, Papa, if I could just talk to you, if I could just hear your voice, it would help. It would make things right again. But I'm thankful that the experiences that I have walked through in life and my relationship with the Lord have given me a strong, eternal hope that I will see them again. That I have only just said goodbye for now. And that I will see them again. And that expectation does bring about comfort. And I found a, a quote that said, Grief never ends but it changes. It's a passage and not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness, nor a lack of faith. It's the price for love. And I have added in my own little thing here, great love brings great sorrow. That's just the way that it is. Death takes the body, and God takes the soul. Our mind holds the memories. Our heart keeps the love. Our faith lets us know that we will meet again. And in the process of healing, you have to want to heal. You have to want to be able to move on. You have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to end this chapter, and I'm going to let that next chapter in life begin. And there is not a pathway around the pain of grief. We must go through it. We must go through it to heal and not to try to avoid it. And on this journey, we have got to maintain a microscope vision as well as a telescope vision because we live in the right now here today and we feel the pain today and so we need that microscope to be able to say Lord let me see that step that next step in front of me I've got to be able to take the next breath I've got to be able to take the next step but we also need that telescope view to realize that our life is going to go on. And I remember one time somebody saying she had lost her mother. And she came back to work. And as she's walking in, she's looking around at everybody. And it's like, nothing has changed. Nothing is different. How can the whole world 
be carrying on? Don't they see the grief and the sorrow and the pain that I'm dealing with? But we've got to be able to look up to see that life does go on. And sometimes just accepting that. You know, we still have to go to the grocery store and, you know, we still have to go to work and, and those everyday things of life, we've got to be able to progress through them and be able to complete those tasks. So we have to be able to look up and see that there is a future, there is work to be done, um, there, there are others that also need us. And so we need to be able to remember what we have come through in the past so that we can make it now. And when we get this perspective out of balance, then we can have long-term consequences. If we don't ever look at the t today and, and heal today, then in the future, things are gonna be out of balance. And if we're only looking past, say, God, get me past this pain, then we're not gonna be able to take advantage of what God is trying to do in us today. And our emotions and our ability to feel really are a gift. What if when you picked up a precious newborn baby, especially as a mother, and you didn't feel that overwhelming love? Well, it's that same thing when we've lost. We feel that overwhelming emotion. So <clears throat> both ends, it is a gift from God. And it is God's gift to man to be able to feel even the painful emotions that we wish that we could avoid. Things like fear and guilt and shame, they are part of our guidance system. And they are there to help lead us through a world that is full of ups and downs and changes. And grief allows us through a painful process to heal from even the most unimaginable hurts and betrayals and losses. It is part of God's navigation system and it's only a part of that healing process. And I can say that there have been other times in my life when I, I didn't put everything in here, we'd be here the rest of tonight. <laughs> I talked through all of the things that I have experienced in life but as things would come along in life I would look around and I would say you know in comparison what was worse to lose my only child to death and all that we went through or to now have to suffer through cancer or to suffer through divorce and I found that I had already experienced what I felt was one of the most unimaginable hurts and the Lord had brought me through. I had already walked that path. And yes, I walked that path again, but it was with the realization that God was gonna bring me through. I knew that the pain that I felt that he was going to heal me from the inside out. And I had someone tell me, when we were in the hospital with Robbie, that tears are so necessary. So my advice is don't try 
to bottle up those emotions that overflow when we experience such a great wound in our spirit. Tears are like a salve that, and a cleansing agent that are able to help, help that wound to heal. And I found that when a storm of emotion <laughs> would blow in and the tears and the sobs were so painful that once I had calmed down and I had been able to catch my breath, that I felt relief. And then I was able to push up off the bottom. And I found that maybe the next time that storm wasn't so intense and the sobs and the tears weren't quite so long and I wasn't quite so exhausted and when I pushed up the bottom wasn't quite so low and eventually over time that healing process brought me to a place where I felt the relief from that healing and our emotions can be so unpredictable. Um, and I will say our memories can be so unpredictable. And um, these emotions at times, you know, are uncontrollable and they may be uh, defined as irrational or illogical, but they don't always make sense. And we realize that. Jeremiah said that the heart is deceitful above all things. And so we're going to feel that hurt. We're going to feel those emotions. And contrary to what the world may say and the songs that are sung about losing your love and, you know, you just got to trust your heart. No, you don't want to do that. You want to put your hand in God's hand and trust him. Seek his presence. Seek his love. Read his word and bring that strength into you. And there is no right way to grieve. Um, there are different parts of grief that we go through, different paths um, that we take, um, but we all need help in a little bit different way. Some people cry and they have very, uh, you know, uh, visible bouts of emotion. Um, and others are more quiet and withdrawn. And I would say that, you know, when I'm around others, that I am definitely more withdrawn. Um, it's usually in those times of prayer or if I'm with close family that I will feel that extra, you know, emotion. But we need to be very sensitive to when we know that that storm of emotion is brewing. And if that's that you need to... Uh, you know, have an emotional letdown. That's fine. We all understand that. But if it's that you need to go and, and be alone, and, and not to isolate, but to go to be alone for a little while, to process, to remember, then don't ignore that. Take advantage of those times to remember to cry the tears that need to be cried, or to thank the Lord for where he has brought you. And you'll never probably have the same normal that you've had in the past. 
And we can all look back over the last two years and know that none of us are living a normal life. Now, some people have moved to Bloomington to be closer to normal, but, you know, <laughs> we're, see, I'm, I'm, I'm catching on here. <laughs> um, but don't think that God is necessarily going to take you back to that place of normal. We're going to have now a new normal, and we just need to trust God that that normal is what we need, that we're going to find the healing that we need and the strength that we need in that new normal. And we can't trust our own emotions, but we need to reach out to God. And we also need to um, keep near those that love us. Just because we're hurting, just because we are going through this uh, walk of grief, we should never push those people away that are trying to bring relief. Even if you don't feel like they're doing it right, they're not saying the right thing. Or what they say upsets me. Just know that they are, they're trying to love on you the very best way that they know how to love on you. So take the good of what they are offering and don't push them away. And also, in the times that our emotions are uh, in an uproar, that's not the best time for us to be making decisions of changes that we're going to make in our life. And so we need to have those confidants in our life that we can go to. Us, from a spiritual perspective, from you know a family perspective, somebody that's going to help us, you know, to be a sturdy rock in our lives when the storm is still raging. And so grief is a journey, and it is a gift from God. And because it's his gift to us, he is not going to step in and take it away. We can't ask God to do something that is against how he has created us. He, he has created this path of grief so that he can walk along with us. But he is not going to come in and just in a swoop take it all away. And in our weakness, we can trust God. And the world's going to tell you, oh, just numb the pain. Let's go shopping. You know, you just need to meet somebody. You just need to do this or do that. And no, those things will have terrible consequences in the long run. The thing that we need to do is reach out to God, find counseling, find um, the truths in God's word that are going to lead us and guide us. Neil? Yeah, and it, I, there's a lot of resources out there, and there's some good ones, and uh, I, I don't have a, a list here, but a lot of places there's grief share groups, a lot of stuff online. There's some, there are some decent books out there. One of my favorites is Monster Called Grief. I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, Nita Joyce Sargent wrote that. Um, uh, again, though, there's no right way. A lot of them are going to tell you, you know, I always say this, like, be careful about going to find a book, because um, if somebody had the right book, it'd be the only one at the bookstore, and it'd never be on the shelf, okay? So there's a lot of stuff out there, but there's good. There's support groups. There's all kinds of stuff that didn't exist mm -hmm. 
even like 10, 20 years ago, this stuff just wasn't there. And so there are things out there. Um, pastor can point you in some direction. I can help you. Um, but uh, there's a couple things I want to throw in here. Um, you know, uh, and just to reiterate, we, we need each other. We need God and we need each other. Okay, this is all, God, this is Jesus' plan, right? He said, love God, love each other. Okay, we, we, we can't diminish this part of, of the other, the church. We need the church, right? We, we need to be the body to one another. Um, so do not try to do this stuff alone. Um, and, and like Lisa said, boy, we need some, we all need times when our emotions are high. We need somebody to kind of speak some truth and wisdom into our lives. I mean, I need that pretty much every day. That's why I, I got this this wife with a lot of wisdom um, because I, I, I need it. Um, but so, you know, being comforted in our pain, that's a promise. Again, that's, a, you know, that's a promise from God. John 6, 16, uh, John, Jesus promised to send the comforter. That's, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God. It's going to comfort you. A um, couple things. Uh, there's a couple questions that always come up when we experience loss of any kind. One of them is why. I, I don't see the why question ever working out real well in the Bible. Think of Job. He kept asking why, why, why. And everybody said, well, you, uh, you know, you're, you must be the, you know, and people are going to say stupid stuff to you. You know, people are going to say dumb stuff. People don't know how to support you. Uh, and most people think you need what they need. And that's usually not true. You may need to give them some instruction. Like, I, hey, I, need, I just need a little space right now. I need a hug right now. Hey, I just need to go out for coffee and feel normal again right now. Whatever it is. But um, don't get stuck in why, right? None of, I had somebody, their, their, their daughter was, uh, I don't have time to go through the whole story, but she was, you may remember, we prayed for her. She was in the hospital. She had... Uh, 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 toxic epidermal necrolysis and she was in this burn unit because her skin was peeling off and this church prayed like I never seen him pray for anybody it was amazing now she was miraculously healed but in the middle of that her mom called me and said why is God allowing this happen to my little girl anybody want to feel that question <laughs> okay I don't know and I said but I do know this Job never got an answer to that question but what he did get was God. He got to know God. But I also said to her, none of this is what God wanted for us. Right? We, we now live in a sin-cursed world, and we have to endure to the end. Right? The Bible talks a lot about needing endurance. What do we need endurance for? Because we're going to go through hard stuff. And I, one of the things I will give a, 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 a good... Um, I don't know if it's good, but I'm going to give an instruction here. Stop asking who caused this. Is God doing this? Is the devil doing this? Did I Stop asking that question. Okay? People go, oh, it's God. Is the devil? Is it me? Did I bring this on myself? Just trust God. Right? Trust he has a plan and that it's good. God's going to take whatever you're going through, whatever's happened to you, and he will use it for good. Right? right? Romans 8, 28. What does this say? God uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, you've got to understand it's his purpose. My purpose would have taken this in a different direction. So I'm just going to trust. It's good, and it's his purpose, and I'm just going to trust him. And sometimes stuff just happens. Um, 
If you let God help, he, you know, I don't know whatever got you to where you are, whether it was your own bad decisions, just the wrong circumstances, whether it was God just allowed something in your life, maybe the devil did come after you. I don't know. But if you let God help, he won't leave you there. That I do know. And, and like I said, Job never got an answer. But I think, you know, we have to look at the end of that story. Because he remained faithful through all that pain that he went through, Job got, went from knowing about God. He was a man who, who was righteous, and he knew about God. But at the end, he said, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He says, my ears had heard of you, and now my eyes have seen you. He saw God face to face, he, and he repented. Now, if you read it carefully, nothing got better before he did that. He still had sores on his body and his children were dead and his wife was bitter and his friends were accusing. Okay, nothing was good, but he knew God and he began to pray for the guys that were accusing him. Right? Uh, something, I wish I could explain all that other than you know what it's like to be in the presence of God. We get little bits and tastes of it sometimes and it's good, Right? He got to see God, and apparently that made everything worthwhile. Right? He stopped complaining and started praying for others. And another question not to get stuck in is the what if. What ifs are the red flags of unresolved grief? Every time I hear somebody say, well, what if, I know they have, okay, you got some unresolved grief. We probably need to talk about that. Because it's the telltale sign that something that hasn't been fully accepted Okay, what if? Okay, so what if you're still here? Well, what if I hadn't uh, uh, drove to the store that day? Or what if I hadn't... Okay, what if you hadn't? You did. It, it doesn't make any difference. You are still going to be right here when you get done running around in that circle. Um, what if only stops you from healing? And, and whatever the what if what is, it wasn't. It didn't happen that way, and it won't happen that way now. I, I mean, that's a harsh way to say it, maybe, but you gotta, you got to work on that acceptance, okay? Um, it's okay. You feeling what you feel, I want to put this out there, too. You feeling what you feel doesn't mean you don't trust God or that you lack faith. I heard... Uh, uh, Brother Jimmy Tony say he was preaching a message I was listening to, and he said, "You know, people get all guilty because they have doubt." And he said, "Don't get. If you didn't have doubt, you wouldn't need faith." <laughs> I was like, "Whoo! That made me. That made me like breathe a little easier." Oh yeah, it is okay, right? <laughs> um, right. So don't. It's okay that you feel what you feel, and 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 I think we beat ourselves up sometimes. Understand, like I said, that others don't understand. And they don't know what to say or do. They're guessing based on their own experiences and needs. But they're different from you. Give them some grace. Um, and you may, you, you, the best thing you can do is just help them and tell them what you need. And if you don't know, say, I don't know, but this isn't it. That's okay, too. Okay? They're there trying to help you, and they don't know. Right? You ever try to, you've probably tried to help somebody. <laughs> you probably didn't give them what they needed. You know? You're like, oh, that probably wasn't helpful. Uh, this is really important. Uh, share, share your memories. Lisa just shared some memories. Okay, that is so important. They will, doing that will help you heal and, and help you and others talk about, uh, talk about these things. We have to verbalize these things. God gave us this mouth for a reason. I'd like to just... Go ahead. 
jump in there real quick. Um, with the holidays coming up, um, we've already gone past Thanksgiving, but um, the first year um, that Christmas uh, came along when we had lost Robbie, we decided that we were just going to hit it head on. And when it was time for all the festivities and opening the gifts and all the family there, we just took time right at the beginning to talk about him. We cried the tears. We had wonderful memories. We were sad at all that he had had to go through, but we were very thankful that he was now in a glorified form. No more pain, no more suffering. And so that is something that you might keep in mind with the holidays coming up, even if it's been your past, and, and this isn't the first holiday, but it still has an impact on you. Just bring that in. Make it part of your tradition from now on that you remember those that that you've lost or that you know something that has happened. Because once you can get over that emotion, then everybody can breathe again, and then you can go on, and your your time is not going to be so tight trying to hold back emotion that's good thanks um yeah uh nobody has the right to tell you to move on or forget <clears throat> i may have said i kind of alluded to that before but your grief is yours and i, I wish you, you can't put if you could put grief on a schedule <laughs> it would look a lot different you probably didn't put it on your schedule right or like you know maybe you, you know next thursday i'm not really busy i won't it, you, it doesn't work like that. And people are going to, you know, we're dumb. Like, we're going to say stuff and, and like, oh, you know, hey, why don't you, you know, like Lisa said it before, you just need to do this. You do. Okay, you know, give them some grace. But if they start telling you just to move on or just forget about it, they don't have a right to do that. And it's okay to say no. Um, uh, I do have a question. Go that, ahead. Though. I know you've said that a lot. Uh, you don't have a right to tell someone to go on, but what, how do you, how would you recommend you approach if you see someone going down that path where they can't, like they can't get past it? Um, quick example, like her, her mother right now is really struggling because her grandfather just passed and he was such an integral part of our family and this holiday was the first major holiday without him. And she did okay, but she's struggling so hard that it's like i think a lot of us have sat back and said oh, we're worried about her so where do you where do you what do you recommend from that point to where you like have to be like okay it's okay to remember and we're not telling you to move on but yeah I, it's delicate and tricky um i wish i had a great answer for you on that well obviously there's some need and some hurt and and i think you know some of the stuff we're talking about tonight like that's what you give does that make sense? Yeah, um, I, I said to her, I wish your mom was here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's okay that she feels... But you're right. I mean, we said this earlier, right? That, that you know, you, you blessed are those who mourn, for they shall become... There's people that don't want to mourn. Yeah. Right? And so when somebody gets stuck like that, it's because they're avoiding... It's usually they're avoiding the pain. They don't look like they're avoiding the pain, but that's the problem. When you start numbing and avoiding pain... 
you're pulling the band-aid off really slow and you're never quite getting it off right and it's like you 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 will stay stuck because you aren't going through it and so i think you can always acknowledge what somebody's feeling and you can say well it looks like you're really still hurting about this how how do we help you and that's not the same as telling somebody you know well you what i'm talking about is you know Will you just get over it already? <laughs> you know, somebody saying something like that, like, it's because somebody's going to say something like that. Um, and and because they're not going to know where you're at. Um, so, because you're right, uh, people that get stuck are the ones who avoid the pain and, and they avoid, they resist that process. So that's really kind of, you just want to help trying to move the process. Uh, I want to let you know if you're hurting and you're dealing with grief, no, I want you to know that you're never going to get over it. That's not the goal. But Jesus will get you through it. Amen? Amen. Right. You know, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Right? And, and, and if I could, he takes the spirit of heaviness and gives you a garment of praise. And he will turn your morning into dancing if you let him. Um, there's a process here, and I, like I said, I, I, we could do a whole series on here, but we're kind of getting out of time. There, there's kind of three elements here. There's acceptance. That's kind of a lot of what we've been talking about. And acceptance, it, it, that's kind of getting rid of the uh, what if question. The, the answer for the why question is sort of, and it's not like this is in steps, so I don't want to present it that way. It's sort of like these are catalyzing elements that work together. Acceptance is, start, acceptance is basically saying this happened and I can't undo it. It's always going to be part of my story. And part of acceptance is accepting all the emotion that comes with that. And the, the catalyzing element is forgiveness. There's four kinds of forgiveness. Sometimes you've got to forgive another person. Sometimes you've got to forgive somebody for leaving. You're angry. I wasn't ready for you to, I wasn't ready for you to go. It took me a while to forgive my friend for, for committing suicide. I'm still a little mad at her about that, so maybe I need to work a little. But, but, but I, it took a while. Um, and sometimes you're just angry that they're gone. So sometimes it's forgiving another person. Maybe it's somebody that caused an accident or caused something that happened that hurt somebody you love, right? You got to forgive them. Doesn't mean what the, and again, forgiveness isn't that everything is okay. It just means I'm not going to keep holding on to this. Um, you might have to forgive yourself. Didn't do enough. I didn't talk to them before they were gone. I, I wish I'd have said I love you at the last phone call. You got to forgive yourself. Sometimes you got to forgive time and circumstance. Time and chance happened to everybody. Okay? Sometimes it was just, like I said, sometimes stuff just happens. Okay? I, I don't know. I, I remember we were saying the why question. This is how we get rid of the why did Lisa have cancer? I don't know. I, I can tell you physiologically exactly what happens. Your telomeres get too short and they start producing an oncogene. Okay? Woo, that's romantic, right? But I don't know why that happens. It did. It was just probably time and circumstance. I wouldn't say God did it to her or something. Who knows? But you've got to forgive the circumstance sometimes. And sometimes we need to forgive God. He doesn't need you to forgive him. You do. Right. That's usually the way forgiveness is anyway, right? That other person doesn't really need you to forgive them. You need to forgive them. That will eliminate the why. That's how you hear the why question. So if you're stuck in why, work on forgiveness. If you find yourself going, well, what if, work on the acceptance. Okay? And if you will work on those, they'll sort of build on each other. Do you see that? that they'll, you, you be, the more you forgive, the more you accept. And the more you accept, the more you can forgive. 
And that can bring you to this place of joy and gratitude that God promises you. You might actually find that, hey, you know what? Going through that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I wish we had more time. I would love to share some of my testimony. I had a a life crash, okay? I don't know what else to call it. And at the time, I was like, does this spin cycle ever stop? Because it just kept going on and on. Oh, here's another disaster. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Oh, I lost this too. That's great. How, does this ever stop? Yes. In the Needed the telescope and the microscope, right? I was caught in the microscope. And that's when you're in the emotions, you're, you tend to get hyper-focused. Uh, but I've come now to look back and, boy, that steered me in, in directions. God used that. He used it to draw me closer to him. There was things that came out of that. And the, the, uh, one of the biggest blessings is, uh, you know what? I can go through a life crash. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't, God, I don't want to do that again, right. if you're listening. But uh, I, I can do that. I can survive. I'm, not, I'm less afraid of life than I was. Does that make sense to anybody? All right. So, uh, like I said, see through the microscope and telescope. God's word is a light unto the, our path. That's the telescope. It's the big picture of where we're going and a lamp under our feet. That's the microscope. He shows us exactly where we are and what our next step needs to be. And, and, and just re, back kind of re, restating uh, what Lisa said earlier, God works through godly people in our lives. He works through our pastor and others to give us sets of eyes and minds to remind us and see clearly. And when we're grieving, we need accountability more than ever. It may not seem like it, but that's when you need accountability more than ever. Because you're going to make bad choices if you don't. Um, Because we get desperate to escape the pain. Right? I'm sure everybody in this room has been in a place where I just want the pain to go away. And something will come along that will look really good. And it may work for the moment. But it's got consequences. And it can get you stuck. So we have to trust that God knows exactly what we need. He know, he's our Heavenly Father. He knows how to care for you. He knows where you are right now. And He knows how much you're hurting right now. He knows how to care for you. You have to trust that. He knows better than you do what you need. And He loves us, right? And the Bible tells us He won't give you a stone when you need bread. Right. He won't. Right. And sometimes it feels like He is, but He's not. So have faith. And ask for more faith if you don't have enough. God help my unbelief. We need to believe that we're going to get better. Jesus talked about making a choice that you're going to, I'm going to heal. We also have to believe that we are. We have to believe. We have to have faith that God is going to heal us. God promises that he'll never leave you or forsake you. He promises that you won't, he won't leave you comfortless. He promises that peace that passes all understanding. And he promises us life more abundantly. I want to I'll close with this thought. I have more scriptures, but I, 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 we'll, we'll run out of time. But after a physical injury, right? If you've ever had a physical, like some, I wear a lot of people like back pain, and sometimes they'll find, a, they'll find, you know, they, they stop moving. You know, after you have back surgery, they tell you, you get moving. You gotta get moving again. Yeah. But you find a place that doesn't hurt, right? If you have a new knee replacement or you know a knee surgery. It really hurts. And you find a place that doesn't hurt anymore. And then you don't want to move. And then you go to physical therapy and they're like, we got to bend that joint. Oh no, you're not touching me. (laughs) I finally found a place that doesn't hurt. Problem is, 
you stop moving. Right? Some, some, when we get to that place of no pain, that may prevent our recovery and our being restored. Why do you have to move? Because you've got to get strong again. You've got to get flexible again. And, and, and if you stop moving, uh, you're not healing. It might feel okay, but you're not restored. You're not functioning. Um, so sometimes a place of pain, no pain may mean that we simply stop moving. Um, I, I do want to... I mentioned this scripture earlier. Uh, it says John 16, 30 through 33. We'll close with that and, and then uh, we're, we'll pray. And I'm going to shut the recording off because I'd like to, I'm, people may want to, if you want to talk about some stuff, I want that doesn't need to be on the recording. Uh, John 16, 30 33. Um, the, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Now we are sure you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth of God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Now he's gone through, there was way more, read that whole chapter. He's given them a whole bunch of introduction here, right? What's he talking about? He says, These things I have spoken to you. He's telling them, I'm leaving you. You're not going to have me right in front of you. But he said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. Okay, notice the two differences here. He said, in him we may have peace. You've got to look for it. It doesn't automatically fall on you. And in the world, you will have trouble. You don't have to look for that. It'll just happen to you. Mm-hmm. But he says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's, that's why we can have the peace. Because he's overcome this. we got to endure through this. And there's going to be these painful times that we go through. We're going to have losses. But there it is. He's overcome the world. He promised his disciples and us that we would have trouble. But he also promised we can, we can have peace in him. And it's not only that some can find this peace, but everybody that looks to him shall find it. You're going to find it. Keep looking to him. And so... That scripture really carries me through a lot when when things look rough or dark and you're in that valley and it seems bottomless and endless. I got that one written on my heart. I I know I'm going to have trouble. I know I can find peace in you even if I can't see you.